Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on August 21st, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the lore of Mars. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 And this is the Tormino actress, green-eyed music lover. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And last... And last, but definitely not in the least, in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend Sentinel Gray. Gray, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you, Blue? Oh, I'm I'm awake. I'm I, I have survived the week. I know Fair. that's yeah, yeah. But well, actually, now that we have all the intros out of the way, real quick, I want to actually shift the focus back over to you. Uh, usually, with these sessions, we set aside some time to get to know a little bit more about our guest. And Green is usually the one who leads the charge, so I'm just going to sit back and let her do her thing. Yee. Oh no! So, mm-hmm. <laughs> time to interrogate. I mean, hi, Gray. It's been a few days. It does. How are you? I am okay. I hope you are. Mm-hmm. Good as well? I am doing very well. Gray and I are actually pretty decent buddies, I'd say. We met in person at Guardian Con through Isakol originally and have done a few things since. We work together on special project and background. Da. Da. Very much but, so. But, yeah. So, f- basic intro question. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to hang out with you? Uh, people can usually find me um, on Twitter at Sentinel Gray, uh, Gray with an A, not an E. Uh, you can find me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Sentinel Gray, spelled the exact same way. And you can find me on YouTube, spelled the exact same way. So anywhere you look for content or mucking about on the internet, just look up Sentinel Gray. Yeah, he's been, you've been doing mostly Valorant lately, correct? Yeah, Valorant came out and I caught the bug pretty hard. So I've been like shifting my focus over to Valorant and I've been having a lot of fun. The biggest thing is I, uh, playing a game like Valorant, you really, it really shows you how, like what your skill level is as far as like aiming and shooting and stuff with, uh, Mm -hmm. with a mouse. So I've been working on trying to improve that. I've actually gone in and I have like a training regimen I do like every day now. I'd spend like a half hour doing it. Nice. Do you have like one of those programs that are just like the the aim 
aiming games or whatever that they have for PC? Um, luckily, Valorant comes with a really, really good like training area. So if anybody like if anybody wants to work on their shot and doesn't want to download a aim trainer from Steam that they think is sketchy or whatever, Valorant has an awesome one in the range that you can use and that I use all the time. So nice. Nice. So I'm going to shift it back towards Destiny a little bit. I would ask this question. It's kind of a weird one, I think, for you, but we're going to talk a little bit more. What do you do in the Destiny community? Um, I I see myself as uh, a Sherpa. Like, I like to help people. I love to help people do raids or whatever. Um, I actually... Before Shadowkeep came out, I had a group of probably about seven or eight friends who got back into Destiny all at the same time. So mm-hmm. I, it was basically playing catch up for them for a year of content that they missed. So I ran them through, um, I think two of the raids. I think it was Last Wish and, uh, one of the Leviathan raids. Um, I ran all of them through Whisper of the Worm. I ran all of them through, uh, Zero Hour, got them all those exotics and everything. Um, and I've done uh, a little bit more with uh, with Mal and her team, and uh, just like I, one thing that I love doing above all else is helping people. Even like in my Valorant stuff, I want to help mm-hmm. people. So Destiny oh, yeah. is no different. I popped into his stream the other day, and he immediately was just like, "Let me teach you about this game." It's like, <laughs> okay, we're gonna learn. It's really cool to to watch. It's a kind of a crossover, I would say between. Um, count you said Counter Strike was a really good example, but a lot of the powers remind me of Overwatch because yes. of like the wall that you can have that's like a blinding wall. But in Overwatch, it's the Symmetra wall which you can see through still. But it, it, and it's just some interesting gameplay mechanics there. Say second, third question, and wherever we're at at this point, what? When did you become interested in game lore? Like, when did you become interested in the stories? Was it Destiny? Was it something else? Or uh, now, my question to you: Do you mean lore as a whole, or do you mean lore uh, specifically Destiny related? As a whole. Oh boy, um, <clears throat> this. I don't know if anybody is going to remember this or know this. A uh, long time ago, there was a series that Lego put out called Bionicle. Yes. And, oh yeah. And the uh they actually had a desktop browser game for you to play called uh I think it was like the uh the Adventures of Matanui or whatever where you it it was basically a point and click game mm-hmm. and you played as this character who went and found all of the like we'll just say guardians like all the big important defenders of this island and you go out and you find them and everything like that. That was whenever I first got into lore because I spent so many hours in that game just pouring over stuff and looking at things and like loved the lore of Bionicle. And then that like kind of fleshed into games like Jack and Daxter and mm-hmm. uh, Kingdom Hearts. So like for games like that, I'm like huge, hugely interested in lore. That's awesome. I didn't even know that Bionicle had any lore. I just knew like the basic premise, I guess, of the story with it, but not anything super deep. So it's it's kind of cool to know that there's a lot more going on in it. When did you actually find yourself interested in Destiny lore? Because I know that it's a fairly, not necessarily a fairly new interest, but 
there are very specific things that you seem to be interested in because you and I had conversations back at Guardian Con, just me sp- spouting off lore at you and you asking all sorts of questions. Yeah, the the interest in Destiny's lore actually came whenever the game was first announced because one of the things that they talked about was like the lore in this game or like the world in this game is going to be equivalent to Lord of the Ring or Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. And I am a huge, mm-hmm. huge Star Wars fan. And I'm like, if you're going to give me a as big of a world as Star Wars to play in, deal. Um, it took me a very long time, longer than I'd care to admit, to like actually get settled in with the lore. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it was basically uh, there was a way that I thought that they. <sighs> It seemed like they were using cop-outs to me where in all all actuality, it was just like, hey, we're still writing as we're going and everything like that, which now Mm -hmm. I can fully understand. But beforehand, I was like, why are you doing this? This makes no sense. So um, recently, I've been more invested, I guess you can say, in the lore of Destiny and willing to like let things go no matter if they like seem right or whatever. Cause I know there's some inconsistencies between D1 and D2, but it's like, sure, you're going to have that with what they have to deal with so is there a particular story that you like more than others or um there are two and i in in my personal opinion they are the best written stories in destiny by far then again i'm not as into the lore as you or blue are so you guys may have different uh different opinions uh the last word story the whole entire thing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the most recent fell winter story yeah, my, both of those are excellent. Yeah, in my personal opinion, those like I would love both of those if they were either a main quest line or a side quest line that we can actually play through. Like if we got something that good as a quest that we can go through, I'd probably like just die of excitement. But mm-hmm. yeah, those are my two favorites. Yeah, John John did an excellent job when he wrote the last word story. And I, who was the one who wrote Fellwinter Blue? Do you remember? Was that also John? No, I don't think that one was John. I, I want to say Jill, but I don't think that was. I don't think that was Jill. I think. I think her last one was the Leviathan. Her, yeah, thing, her, the her last her last big thing was the fan the um, Chronicon. Um, Fanfic. Um, <laughs> That's what it's what it is. I honestly is. I don't know. I, don't remember, to I can't remember it exactly. Is. Hang on, I can look real quick while you guys talk. Give me one second. I know, okay. I, I think well, I have. I, I think I have that written somewhere. Let's just see. Yes. So just to kind of move on real quick, I I know what class you play primarily. <laughs> Do you want to share that with the rest of the class? Well, I mean, Bunch. I mean, my name is Sentinel Gray, so. I am a Titan main. Uh, I do main uh, Sentinel class. And if you want to get really specific as far as uh, like really subclass what tree, I absolutely love Code of the Commander. And I think it is probably the most slept on Titan class in all of Destiny. The only reason why I say that is because you can you can be a one man ad clearing machine with just one grenade and just watch all of the detonations proc and everything like that yeah i've i've done some crazy stuff with one single grenade there are a few people in chat that can attest to that is that middle tree i don't know which uh, yes, tree that branch is, that, that is. is middle tree yes okay that 
Sentinels, okay, so I have a small beef with Sentinel Titans and Crucible in particular. Is it the suppression grenade? It's not the suppression grenade. I'm totally fine with it. That one, that seems fair to me. Like, it's a super shutdown. It's a make everybody's day a little less happy. I get that. I'm a tether main. I totally get that. It's literally the fact that the shield, you can bounce it off the wall so easily and it'll track a little harder than some of the other super things do. And it's just like, ugh, I could be around a corner and get knocked in the face by a shield. It's like, mm-hmm. Well, my fair lady, you have been fighting against the right Titans, apparently, because my shield definitely does not do that. <laughs> I've ha- I've only had it happen like <clears throat> a few times to where my shields bounced perfectly and I ended up getting a uh, seventh pillar out of it. What is it? Seventh pillar? Oh, seventh wow. Column. Yeah. So like I, there's only it's only been one time to where I've had everything work out in my favor and it just like it was amazing. Dang. Yeah, no, it's just I I could not get a seventh column or anything like that with a tether. It's just it's not how that super works, but with the Sentinel Shield, that's pretty That's pretty amazing. I've not ran it ever when I have run Titan, which has been a while, but I should give it a, give it a go. Let's, though, talk about something that you have not mentioned that you Uh-oh. do do as part of the community. You are, I believe, Assistant Director. Is that your title? Yes. For uh, Termino? Yes. So let's talk about Termino. What is Termino, if our listeners don't remember from when I've bragged about it in the past? (laughs) So for those of you who do not know, uh, Termino is a uh, Destiny Machinima series that is uh, in development with the creator uh, Isakul and a bunch, like a team of like wonderful, super talented, super talented people. Um, I am not only assistant director, but I also am a voice actor in the series. So along with directing stuff, I also have to watch how I do my own voice stuff. I'm now I'm trying to think of what we can actually talk about in it. We've we're preloading all the episodes. So there's if you're gonna go look for episodes, they're not out yet. We're basically recording the entire season right now. We're up to episode five is in pre-production right now voice actors are getting ready to start their thing and then we have to go through modelers and video cap and all this other kind of crazy stuff yep the goal right now i know is to finish season one which i believe there are seven episodes before november yeah i think that's uh that's the date where we're trying to hit or the area we're trying to hit right because of some of the things going to the the vault it's actually kind of messing up a little bit of our our screen captures and everything for everybody else because a lot of the locations we're using in game are going to be disappearing. Yeah. Luckily, Bungie gave us an extension. Yeah, no kidding. It was a <laughs> real scary time for a little while there. Poor poor Cole's writing things as fast as she can and everything else has just gone super super crazy. But yeah. Can you do? Can we talk about which characters we are? Not necessarily who they are in the story, but maybe just a name call out for the character. Or do you want to keep that one under wraps? I'm going to leave that at your discretion. Um, I do believe I can say because I voiced two characters. I I do believe I can say one. 
of the characters okay. that I'm playing. The other one, not so much. Um, for those of you who may have uh, already, um, the ter- the trailer for Termino is already on YouTube. So you can find that. Um, I actually do the voice for, uh, I do the monologue for uh, the trailer. So, and that I I so badly want to re-record that. <laughs> so badly. I liked the I liked it. That, that I, trailer was so clean. Uh, there there was things in it that I'm I was sitting there. I'm like, should have done that differently. Should have done that differently. All right. Um, but yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, you're right. Um, I don't think I'll get in trouble for this. God, if I do get in trouble for this, Isa, I'm sorry. Um, I am playing a character uh, named Gage. Um. You will see him a good bit. And actually, I will say this about how Ease has been writing this. All of the characters in Termino, you are going to see like pr- in pretty equal parts. I don't yeah, think there's everyone's got a lot of airtime. Yeah. I don't think there's one character who's like beyond the, the characters that are supposed to be secret. I don't think there's one character in there that like doesn't have a lot of screen time. Like all the characters have a ton of screen time. Mm-hmm. All of the main ones. She's writing it. I, be- I I don't think there's any secret in the fact that she's writing it for a- groups of fire teams, essentially. So there's a lot of voice actors on the in the cast, as well as the antagonist that go along with it, which, no. yeah, that one we can't we can't talk about, unfortunately. No. But yeah, I will say that I play a character who is slightly evil. Can we say that? Yeah, I think we can. I mean, I mean, I already—it's already out of the bag. Yeah, you, so. yeah, you already said it. So, I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, you didn't yeah. do any name or anything like that. So, I think we're good. I think we're okay. Yeah, I will. It's I, been fun. Yeah, I will say one thing though is mm-hmm. <clears throat> at least to put it out there in the ether. For as far as shooting a machinima goes, Destiny is not the easiest to do it in the world, and one Mm-mm. of the one of the biggest pains which would have probably made it a whole hell of a lot easier is being technical. Um, in crucible matches, you know how, if you wait a certain amount of time, you put your gun down to your side mm-hmm. or like d- down to your chest or whatever that doesn't mm-hmm. happen in crucible. So if no. it did, it would make everything a whole hell of a lot easier. Yeah. So that, yeah. Big shout out to our cameraman though. Wall is amazing Hell at capturing yes. shots. He's he's a warlock on PC who has got just he's got such a good eye and he's so smooth with his camera. He was actually practicing with us tonight when we were in playing PC on Crucible and everything. I kept accidentally killing him because I see <laughs> a warlock in the air. I'm gonna shoot it. But <laughs> he's he's really good. Some of the different shots I've seen him do and some of the things they have planned are very cinematic and it's kind of amazing that he can pull that kind of stuff out. Oh yeah. But uh final thoughts about Termino before I kind of kick it back over to announcements. Do you have any final things you want to say about the show or the creation or anything before we kind of get back into the focus? Um ooh I actually do. I do have one thing. I don't exactly know a hundred percent details, but this is something that I do. I I might want to say. Um, okay. First of all, it's gonna be awesome. So don't even don't even question that. I mean, come on now, it's gonna be great. Um, but the other thing is, hold on, let me see if I have a date for it. I'm so sorry. 
Uh, is it the stream? Yes. September 14th. Okay. Yes. We are going to be having a kind of behind the scenes look kind of uh, with Termino. And what did you say? September 14th? Mm-hmm. Okay. On September 14th. Um, keep, for those of you who are uh, who are interested, um, keep an eye out on uh, Isakol's uh, Twitter um, probably my Twitter, Green's Twitter, anybody who's involved with the project, just keep an eye on their Twitter and uh, we will most likely have a link with more information telling you when and where you can watch it and what all we're going to do. I know I am a part of that um, and a few of the other uh, people in the group are a part of that as well. So if you want to know more information or want to see maybe some like screenshots or maybe like a clip or two, you can be on the lookout for that. I think they're planning on showing a few clips. I know Star was talking about it a little bit earlier. It's pretty exciting. There's some really cool stuff that's going to be coming out with that. So with that, let's kick it back over to Blue real quick and do announcements before we jump into the meat of it. After the announcements, we'll hit a quick ad break and then we'll get right into the lore of Mars since it is going away. I just really want to take a moment for announcements, I guess, uh, just the standard, you know, reminder, hey, visit the Lore Network site, which is www.thelorenetwork.com, uh, and let us, <clears throat> excuse me, let us know uh, your thoughts on the weekly lore roundups. Uh, we are still doing those two times a week, so we we scrape together all of the members of the Lore Network, whether they be podcast or YouTube uh, videos. We'll do podcasts on Wednesdays, so pretty much every podcast that came out that past week, we try to capture and put on there and then uh youtube videos we do every friday so same same concept every every youtube video for that past week uh we just kind of try to get them all in one space so that it's just a little bit easier for everyone to to find them um also just a general reminder if you haven't already we'd really appreciate a review over on itunes um and also if you don't have time to do it for more than one definitely focus on the destiny lore audio file we want to get green as many good reviews or as many reviews as possible i mean obviously i i think five stars is the minimum that you should give her but um (laughs) any anything always helps uh the reason the reason why is with new podcast launches the quicker and the more reviews that you can accumulate, the faster the logarithm that iTunes runs in the background to to notice that that submission, uh, the bigger of a target your your submissions become. So that's that's what we're just trying to trying to work within the system to kind of get that going. Um, Speaking of uh, Destiny Lore audio file, just real quick, we have already hit. 200 listens in the first two and a half weeks not even full three weeks we have three episodes out and we've already hit 200 listens and continuing to actually grow a little bit so i'm excited i'm happy you guys are enjoying it you're consuming it more than just once and i appreciate that more than you know but Let's go ahead and go to a quick ad break real quick before we jump into the main meat of the topic about Mars. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. 
there's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. And we're back. Welcome back. Gray, Mars, the planet, the god of war. We're going to talk about in-game description and what we have from the grimoire itself. Would you like to kind of lead us in that? Uh, yeah, I can do that. <clears throat> and the sand-swept carcass of a lost city. Dark forces gather for war. So that's actually from the in-game description, I believe for D2, not necessarily in D1. And we'll talk about more of what that means here in a little bit. But from the grimoire, we have... In the years since the collapse, much of Mars has returned to the desolation that came before the Traveler. But buried beneath its surface are traces of glimmering megacities that once sprawled across the planet, swallowed by dunes and darkness. And then megacities here is a reference to the known hubs based on the red planet, such as Freehold, Meridian Bay, and other Clovis Bray assets slash uh, facilities, including the building that we use for Meltdown in Crucible, which is going away, I believe, unfortunately. Blue, you want to do the reality check yeah. moment, though? So just uh, as as with a lot of the world lores, I find this is a cool opportunity to kind of dive into actual actual scientific facts um so just for mars mars is the fourth planet from the sun it is actually the second smallest in the entire solar system the smallest is mercury uh the source of its nickname the red planet is the effect of the iron oxide which comprises the planet's surface so that reddish appearance is distinctive even to the naked eye of observers uh this being said the planet does actually host a thin atmosphere with temperatures similar to that of our own moon or some of the more extreme remote earth or areas on earth so things such as valleys deserts and polar ice caps um martian days i I know that's kind of been a constant for all the other ones that i've been doing so i figured i'd do it for marsh mars as well so martian days are very close to our own terran days they actually clock in at 24 hours and 39 to uh, 40 minutes so there's a little bit of a variance there but i mean it's within an hour basically however Mm -hmm. The Martian year is significantly longer, and the reason for this is that a single orbit around the sun for Mars will take the red planet 687 Terran days, which is nearly twice the amount of time that Earth takes. And that is because it is nearly 230 million kilometers, or for those of us in the uneducated pieces of the world, 143 million miles, as compared to the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I nearly got it as compared to the 150 million kilometers or 93 million miles that earth sits at. So it is, it is that it's, that's why is it's got, it's got a bit further to go. Um, speaking of that though, that are going further down the loophole of similarities. Gravity on Mars is actually very different. It is about 38% of what we experience here. Um, The reason why is the planet is extremely less dense than our own. Mars has about 15% of Earth's volume and only 11% of Earth's mass. So that kind of brings me back to the atmosphere. 
While there is technically an atmosphere present, the the lack of a magnetosphere means that solar winds basically interact directly with the ionosphere. Um, So what that means is that not having a magnetosphere, every time the solar winds comes across the planet, it actually rips part of its away, part of the atmosphere away. So that's why you would have that's why you have extremely low atmospheric density. So the highest atmospheric density that we are aware of on the Martian surface would be equivalent to the atmosphere we would experience at 35 kilometers or 22 miles above Earth's surface, which is quite quite comfortably within the stratosphere. Um which is about where planes usually fly. So seasons seasons on the red planet would be actually really familiar with us uh, because the planets are or the red planet is actually tilted in a very similar pattern to our own. However, as you might guess, the length of these seasons is roughly twice that of our own. Uh, again, due to the greater distance from the sun. So your temperatures range from a low point of about, oh, a negative 140 degrees Celsius uh, or, you know, balmy negative 225 degrees Fahrenheit at the polar caps. So the winter polar caps have really cold to a high of 35 degrees Celsius or 95 degrees Fahrenheit around the equator during the summers. So it's temperature wise, it's actually comparable um, Mars has two satellite moons, Phobos and Deimos. Uh, they are named after the sons of Ares or Mars in mythology. And my my personal favorite part about this is like the the actual translation of the names. The names respectively translate into panic or fear and terror or dread. Um, and that was because in mythology, Ares, the the god of war, his sons would always accompany him onto the battlefield, and they, that was the way that in mythology they would explain the sensation of warriors in battle. You would always have that panic and fear, that terror and the dread, the the adrenaline rush. Um, both of the moons were discovered in 1877 by Asaph Hall, and are actually thought to have originally been asteroids that the planet actually snagged and captured a long time ago. But that is currently just a theory. You know what? Every time you say Phobos and Demos, it reminds me not only of Anna Bray's ghost mm-hmm. and her little mites that show <laughs> up in the mites. lore. <laughs> love those but things. also... Don't you want to leave those? Disney? No, I love my mites. <laughs> I love my mites. But also, it reminds me... Here's our Disney reference for the episode. It reminds me of the Hercules TV show. Yes. Because there was panic yep. and... Oh, oh, pain and panic. Pain yes. And panic, pain, yes. pain and panic. <laughs> which were the Disney versions Oh, yeah. Of we made him drink the whole Phobos thing. and Demos. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Every last drop. Every last drop. Yeah, no. Missed a spot. But, uh... <laughs> gosh great combination of Achilleus and hercules there but anyways (laughs) moving on so the lore entries that are available for mars slash lore books there's not really any books tied to mars unfortunately there are quite a few lore entries primarily coming out with the warmind expansion back in i was was that year two of d2 when warmind came out yes but uh there's honestly not necessarily a cohesive story gathered together there's a lot of stuff related to clovis bray in particular 
but the majority of the story on Mars is actually in its scannables, which we'll get to a little bit later. And it's dealing with the concierge AI in particular. We'll get a lot of his stuff here at the, the end. The Fry Files. I believe. The Fry Files. I love him. Stephen Fry is amazing. But uh, beyond that, we have a couple of important figures on Mars itself. We have Rasputin, and then we have... Anna Bray, of course, as the vendor, but then there's also some that are just kind of tertiary characters that come up primarily in lore, as in Elsie, Willa, Clovis, and Clovis Jr. And then back in D1, we did have Holborn's host, which doesn't really super matter now, just Mars. It was just one of my favorite lines back in D1 with Holborn's host talking to the ghost that's going by, and he's just all jolly and <laughs> just titany. Uh, real quick, uh, chat mentioned this, and I just looked this up as well. Warmind actually was the tail end of year one, so Destiny two ah. came. Yeah, Destiny two came out on September eighth, two thousand seventeen. Warmind hit hit lot or went live May eighth, two thousand eighteen. So it was like okay. it's like right in the like right, but it actually ended. So Warmind came to a conclusion on September fourth. So it kind when of year two started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. the first thing in year two was Forsaken. Gotcha, gotcha. So this was season ah. three, or in the whole scope, season ten of the entire D- Destiny series. But of Destiny two, this was season three. So this was the summer season. Yes, that year. yes, yes. That would be correct yeah. of two thousand eighteen. Cool. So we have a few different locations on Mars itself. The primary base locations where you spawn in are Braytate. Braytech Futurescape, as well as the Glacial Drift on the opposite side. Within the Braytech Futurescape, you have Alton Dynamo, Hellas View, Aurora Reach, Mind Lab, Rasputin, and then the Lost Sector Core Terminus. And then in Glacial Drift, you have Dynamo Approach, Olympus Descent, Penumbral Depths, and then the Lost Sector, and I never say this right, Ma'adim Subterrain. And then there's a few crucible maps tied to Mars as well. Solitude and Meltdown in particular, which I know Meltdown is going away. I cannot remember if Solitude is. Uh, fun note, we got with the TWAB this week. Mm-hmm. We found out that not all crucible maps or gambit maps related to the specific planets are disappearing at launch. It's actually, they're doing kind of a best of list. And the ones that they're getting rid of that are pretty easy to remember is they're getting rid of the trial or the nines map. So Eternity's going away. Um, Equinox is also going away. They're also getting rid of Callus's, uh Gardens map that is really annoying and hasn't been in rotation in months in general anyway. But there's a few, I know Meltdown's going away, and a few other maps that are related to certain planets. Then, But beyond that, Dreaming City maps are going away, which is kind of sad. I liked those. But let's move on to planetary items. And I think because we have a fairly decent representation here this time, I'm going to break it up and have Blue Read the Hunter stuff, I'll go over the Warlock stuff, and we'll let Gray take care of the Titan stuff since she's playing Titan. So, Blue, you want to... Yeah, let me actually pull this up for chat. Scroll so everyone can read along with us. So this is the Hunter 
snow mask, the Braytex snow mask. Uh, flavor text is, this is our best work yet. And that is from a project manager at Braytech R&D. So this one is to W.I. Bray, Willa Bray, basically. Uh, carbon copied CB leadership and A.T. Vaughn. Um, re quarter update all right some business emails let's get into it so the subject is new arctic line is on track to hit milestone silver current risk lie with key priority one issues with the snow treads design but we've recently requested additional resources to mitigate that i've spoken with the head engineer and she's confident we will deliver on schedule this is one of the strongest teams we've put together and so far the results have been outstanding the mask in particular received high praise for extreme clarity and an overall positive user evaluation. Individual lead notes are attached. No reply all. So, you know, don't spam people now. I like how everyone's just like, even in space in the future, they're like, don't hit reply oh my all God. if you man, reply to this you know, message. <laughs> man. And the reason why I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb is that CB leadership. That's not a that's not a single person. That's a distribution list. So mm-hmm. for anyone who's not in in live stream right now, you can't see it, but there is an actual difference. There's usernames and then there's CB leadership. So they don't they don't want to bug Mister Mister Bray with their little. But did you get the pop about? Yeah, no. What are you guys doing for lunch? Yeah. How does Torchy sound to everybody today? Who brought the donuts? <laughs> yes. Did you remember the pineapples? Oh my gosh. I have, I had a revelation about the pineapple joke. <laughs> I love this revelation. This explains why was, they are all obsessed with mint chocolate chip though. Yeah, I have no idea with that one. <laughs> so we were talking the other day about Eris Morn's obsession with pineapple because she talks about pineapple a lot in the new book that came out i can't remember which one it is off the top of my head it's not duress and egress it's the other one uh singular exigent thank you she talks about it all the freaking time and it's like what like there was a joke on titan about this pineapple bungie got rid of the pineapple on pizza debate by basically making pineapples unknown you can still get them. <laughs> they just, wrote, they them. just wrote it out of the galaxy. Just they like, just Meh. wrote it out of the galaxy. <laughs> it's like, okay, Bungie, well played. Oh well God. played. You win this entire game. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's got, it's so good. But I'm going to go ahead and move on to the researcher's hood which is the warlock helmet as a few of you know i have dabbled in playing warlock recently so i'm going to read the warlock card and the flavor text says featuring the latest in autocorrecting lens technology and this is a braytech internal memo there's not a directive on where it's going or anything like that it's just a memo and it says quote 36 field units have been equipped with the newly with the new adaptive lens polarization system, ALPS. This version of ALPS leverages the eye-tracking target acquisition algorithm present in some of our scout and tactical units. This integration allows for near-instantaneous adjustment based on head position, ocular focal depth, and the light's angle of incident. Which doesn't surprise me considering what we know of Anna Bray's ability with her eyes, they have something like this available within the warlock helmet itself. Can of cool. Gray, you want to grab the Titan one for us? Yeah, I can. Do you want me to do it in a Russian accent? Kind of get a little Rasputin vibe in there or no? 
Yeah, why not? You you read how you would like t- to best read. <laughs> ha ha ha! <laughs> oh. All right, this is for the Titan Braytex Snow Elm. Great for avoiding a brain freeze. The perfect way to avoid a brain freeze. Our scouts have the problem with their helmets fogging up. There's nothing worse than trying to scan the unique mineral deposit out in the storm and getting a face full of fog. With those new Stohelms, we've installed thermal piping and a bunch of moisture regulators. This way, we'll always be able to keep cool heads in the field. Just not literally. Fabrication engineer, Braytech R&D. I just love now the I little kinda... sides. <laughs> just not literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, I just want there to be an actual like Russian division within Braytech now. Just <laughs> reporting over... They were responsible like, with the the language, like actual Rasputin speaking Russian. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I want to know why they went that route with that specifically. Like, what if there's anything specific within the Russian language that makes it well, more adaptable? No, or... it's because Miholova was Russian. Right, but... Right, but... She wrote the base, she the, she wrote the base she code wrote the... for R, and that's what became okay. Rasputin. So Miholova was always was always kind of like the progenitor. Anna Anna wasn't Anna didn't get brought in until after the Aries no, one thing. Right. And she was responsible for like basically if you want to kind of like child psychology it, she was the one who nurtured R into becoming Rasputin by teaching him all the languages and stuff, but I I would strongly argue that a lot of his base code is probably still the it's same. still Rus- like it, it was written in Russian by a Russian scientist. Because that was that's where because that was the whole thing with Miholova was she was she was all upset because they packed up her lab and sent her from uh, I think was it was it Moscow that she was at because she was at the university mm-hmm. back in the Aries one mm-hmm. yeah yeah when they when they basically when they conscripted her uh, right because <laughs> her her boss basically kicked her out <laughs> which was one of the best oh entries reading from her is like you get such a good sense of her character. They're like, no, get out. <laughs> yes. Why are they always so pushy? Uh, blue. You want to go to the chest piece? Yeah, so this is going to be the Braytech combat vest. Uh, let me pull that up. I got that up on stream for everybody. Uh, and this one, the flavor text is agility protection. I have always subscribed to the idea that armor is useless without both. And that is a quote from the lead engineer of Braytech R&D. Excuse me. All right, so the the actual text, this is not an email, sadly. This is just a blurb. It says, Armor is the inherent struggle between freedom and protection, and it has been since the dawn of humanity. The natural conclusion of elementary physics is such that resilience is the enemy of mobility. But now, we are pioneers in a nascent world of discovery, where we can abrogate the laws of old physics and widen the breadth of engineering design space. My colleagues at Clovis Bray and I are excited to embark upon this project. We intend to enhance the efficacy of our line of protective armor and bring you the level of quality you expect from the Bray name. Nice. I like how in some of these we get some really interesting little tidbits of lore and then some of them is just like, meh, it's there. I mean, I, I read that completely as a sales pitch. Yeah. The Warlock Robes. The Braytech researchers' robes. This one actually is kind of neat because <laughs> flavor you, text. there's, yeah, there's the flavor text is 
spot on. But there's also the aspect that this was actually written, or not written, this was made for researchers in particular. It wasn't, mm, it wasn't yeah. necessarily warlock gear. It was made for researchers. And it says, flavor text, and I quote, I tend to work better while not freezing to death. Most of us do. Um, the the in-depth actual aspect of the card says, the fabric fabrication laboratory has created a new synthetic for the lining of the researcher gear. Many of the field researchers have noted that the equipment provided during the last cycle is grossly inadequate at providing necessary elemental protection and the models with the new lining hope to mitigate this. MedLab also echoes concern, hoping the new models reduce the amount of frostbite they've been treating. Fabrication specialist Braytech R&D. So they didn't plan for everything when they first started this. They didn't say how much, like a percentage of how much they would reduce frostbite. <laughs> That's yeah, the scary I, part. <laughs> they're learning as they go. They're learning as they go. Better well, to have frostbite also, than to go crazy. Right. But I mean, also the thing, too, is they're trying, like it says, they mentioned a new synthetic. So they're they're yeah. pushing. I mean, <clears throat> prototypes have downsides. <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. would be the easiest way of saying that. We think this will work. It didn't work. We're going to give it a shot. <laughs> well, let's see how the Titans fared. <clears throat> oh, uh, this one text. is Braytech Ironheart <laughs> Engine. And the flavor text is, The air is cold, but our hearts are warm. Do not fear the cold. Become the flame. Your heart beats true, driving the warmth of courage through your veins. Blaze on and no victory enduring, lighting the path for your brothers and sisters. Martian Polar Credo. So, is it fair to say that this is more of the, not necessarily the military aspect, but I don't know. Like, it's very Titan esque for sure, but I th- the I, flavor text and the lore itself, like, I took there it as Titans the field back researchers. When this was made. Like there's difference between a like a like a true like lab research and then the guys who actually mm-hmm. are guys and gals sorry that go out into the field. Like I mean, if you look at the you know a, a clearer example is the scientists who actually go to Antarctica versus the scientists who study it remotely. You know, like there's a there, right. there's a difference there. The the one the one has to actually go into the and and since it's the Martian polar credo, I kind of took this as like maybe this is the the um, early i don't want to say early because i don't really know where in the timeline it fits but like it the sense that i got from this was like the 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 explorers who like you know took the ships and punched through the ice and the caps you know here on earth um and Mm -hmm. and and like kind of led the charge in discovering that particular geography for us to then go into and you know build base camp or you know whatever that's how that's how i kind of read that particular one um I don't know. I can see it. I can also yeah. see that military-esque thing being mm-hmm. somewhat true because we do know, I mean, Clovis Bray is ingrained with military as well. So that's not a huge, that would not for me be a huge leap either. It would, my my guess is it would probably be something of like, <clears throat> depending on when this, like when this armor came out as far as timeline goes, if it came out relatively early in Mars's colonization or whatever, Mm -hmm. this could have been looked at as like a, well, you need, you might need protection from Martian (laughs) polar bears. So here you go. Well, it's funny that you say that because 
Bray, Clovis Bray kind of has a tendency to go find, I don't know, alien life forms and, and reverse engineer <laughs> things off of them. So I know it's kind of a, I know you're kind of joking with the, the thing, but I mean, Mars does have, I don't know, a huge number of possible points of alien frozen contact. Hive. Well, the frozen hive yep. didn't come until after Rasputin was seated there. Because that's right. when he he froze the he froze them, if I remember that correctly. I'm gonna I'm stretching my memory on that one a bit. But like yeah, and the wicked's saying that, yeah. Waylon, I mean I'm just saying, wait I mean it's it's not a polar worm not a stretch. god. Polar hives and polar worm god. <laughs> it's chilly out there for the hive. Yeah. Apparently they're cold blooded. <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> blue you and i i yeah. don't know how to yeah, there's continue. no segue there's Go. no segue with that. <laughs> Go. Go. Um, uh this one is the braytech survival mitts um, this is another really fun one it's flavor texas stand over there or stand over here stick your arm out yes perfect okay just hold still quote from production lead braytech r&d i'm sorry but i can't help but read that as i can't remember the title of the movie but it's the one where it's bruce willis and he's testing the sniper rifle and he has the guy with the lighter, and he ends up shooting the guy's arm off. Because <laughs> it's a fifty caliber sniper. I mean, it's like a huge yeah. caliber sniper rifle. And he's like, yeah, see, it's only... Because he was like, it's only... I can't remember, like, millimeters off or something like that. The Jackal. Thank you, Pins. Yeah, he shot Jack Black. So... Oh, gosh. It was... That... Okay, it was I'm not one sad of the, about that. It was I one of the... love the, Jack Black, but no. Oh, no. Like, the, oh, gosh, that scene was... Because the entire thing was, he was like, oh, it's just it's just a little off. And he's like, okay, go go stand. And this is like, it's exactly what he was saying. He's like, go stand. Go. <clears throat> keep going. All right, stick your arm out. Okay, just hold still. And he's like, because he was going to shoot the whatever the little lighter thing. Yeah, Russian mm-hmm. anti-aircraft weapon. Thank you, Pence. Sheesh. Oh, my God. Because he was like, he was like, it's just a little off. And he's like, he basically proved the point that just a little off <laughs> at a certain distance becomes a lot off. But um, so, yes, that's the mental image. So you're all welcome this is for exactly, that mental image. This is, a, this is a reference to that. Once you read that, it actually references a very similar Oh, event. okay. But he only sustained minor bruising. Okay. See, this is why I should probably not talk about my, my mental images until I'm done reading the full thing. So the actual entry is feedback from field session 177. Uh, just This is just basically a bullet point list. Thermal con- conservation tech, quote, felt good, end quote, over a seven-hour session. Micromesh webbing had minor grading on users' risk consistent across multiple test subjects. 3cm, 1cm, and 5mm grip tests successful. Users shouted explicitive during high caliber round tests, but only sustained minor bruising. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> so... That is amazing that this is literally a reference to the I, I didn't even I I'll I wish I had read that first, but I honestly did not remember that. But I just like the the flavor text is exactly the mental image is I can and see all, yeah. that scene and it's uh I need to go watch the jackal. Also at the same time, the sniper rifle for this DLC is called the frigid jackal. Uh-huh. Ha <laughs> ha perfect. <laughs> Bungie, I love Clever. <laughs> Clever. All right. Researcher's gloves for the warlock. Warm hands, warm heart. The researchers back at the lab have really outdone themselves. These might be the best gloves I've ever worn. (laughs) Way better than the ones issued last cycle. 
I can finally work out there without my fingers growing numb. I have to send the research team a fruit basket or something. Pineapples. Field technician. Yeah, I mean, pineapples were probably still a thing there. Or, or, or kiwi cucumbers. Kiwi cucumbers. Or... <laughs> that was the other one. But yeah, that's from a field tech. Uh, nothing super, super crazy. Just slowly, <clears throat> they're getting better at what they're doing. Grips from the Titan. Uh, Braytech Thermal Grips. You think this is cold? You have no idea. Most of our scientists here aren't accustomed to the cold. Me, I grew up way up north, so this thing is nothing new. But, being a respectable researcher, I put a lot of thought into coming up with a solution. The new thermal grips will keep even the most cold-blooded would-be adventurer warm and provide a nice boost to muscular performance. Also, great for throwing snowballs. Head researcher, Braytech R&D. <laughs> Snowball fights must have been epic. From a Titan? Great. You're gonna die. <laughs> oh, that one had a rock in it. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're gonna find out, too, that the snow on Mars is not created equal to here coming up pretty soon. That is That makes it even more t- treacherous once you find out what they're throwing. Blue talking about the Braytex snow treads. All right, mm-hmm. so this one is Flavor Text says, piecing together complex systems of causalities is the puzzle that defined me. Elsie Bray. It's not a surprise at all, Elsie. All right, so this is, uh, it looks like a conversation. Uh, first person is, Elsie's here from Weapons R&D to lend us a hand. She'll be taking over the project until the next milestone and hopefully get rid of our little jamming problem in the treads. Elsie... As in Elsie Bray? You know another Elsie? No, I just... Well, she's basically an engineering legend around here. You're a professional, not some fanboy. Do what she says and use this opportunity to learn. Right, of course. Any other questions? Does my hair look okay? (laughs) Get out of my office. (laughs) I like how she's such a legend even at this point. That they're like, oh my god, I get to work with Elsie. <laughs> it's so nice. Uh, okay. Well, because researchers' I think, boots. I can't remember hmm? though. Elsie's um, Elsie's jump ship. It's the exotic ship from like I think it was from season three when they brought it back. But it's I can't remember if that's actually the ship. It is because it's the ship that Elsie rebuilt from like basically scratch. The one that has like mm-hmm. half the wing that's been blown off. I can't remember it, even though it's the ship that I have Which equipped. Drives me crazy. I love it because you get to see the the um, electric currents. <laughs> You're like this is gonna fall apart at any point in time. <laughs> my fa- my life is in your hands. Yeah, just hope a, you made it. Just a bit. <laughs> hope you made it good. Yeah, trust in Elsie. What could go wrong? No, she's no stranger. Uh, yeah, Won't be yeah soon. there it is. <laughs> Won't be soon. I'm going to get hate mail from the nod now. That's fine. It's fine. All right. Warlock researcher boots. Snow is snow. Is snow. Right? Huh? The cold might not be the biggest danger out here. How so? These cliffs get a fair amount of grapple, which is bad news. Grapple? Right. So, all snow isn't created equal. Grapple is like snowflake-sized hail. 
because it's denser and has a higher viscosity. When you layer it under a regular snow, the chances of an avalanche increase exponentially. So how do we deal with it? Keep quiet and walk lightly. <laughs> Braytech recon log. So grapple is actually a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a German word for exactly what they said. Just basically small hail. <clears throat> it's like a rhyme ish looking thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I can't <laughs> help with how that lore card contradicts with the look and size of the snow boots for the Titan. <laughs> yeah. Because the snow you mean boots, the, the Titan snow boots don't walk lightly? Well, I mean, if you look at them, they're probably some of the thicker <laughs> boots in the game. <laughs> Those boots are thick. Oh, my. <laughs> we'll talk about those thick thick legs of yours Wait, uh, really kick uh ricotto in chat uh it's shadow trespasses to ship thank you for that one nice mm-hmm. all right let's see here uh non-slip techno threads for maximum arctic mobility me and the others got to take the new snow treads out for a test drive today we were in the cheeky mood so we decided to have a race things were going well until willems cracked the glacier these treads step heavy. Luckily, they handled great on ice and we were able to rappel down to save him. The only thing is he really hurt the only really thing ah, the only thing he really hurt was his pride. Um <laughs> but like the engineers said, great in ice and snow. A real pair of lifesavers. In turn, Braytech R and D. So the warlocks tread lightly like Legolas, and then the Titans are just like meh, 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 meh. Everywhere. Yeah. What's funny is if you're in the right snow, that's exactly the sound they would make. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, this, they have spikes on the bottom of them. Like, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. They're... That way, if they cause an avalanche, they're not going to join in with it. Well, just I'm imagine just thinking... that this is Trials Finisher. Oh! Fatality. Yeah, it makes that hurt a lot more, huh? Oh! Spikes to the face. Yeah, no. They're also super heavy looking. Like, they're not dainty at all. That's what I'm saying. They're thick. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Blue. Braytech Winter Cloak. Uh, so the flavor text here is, not every piece of equipment is optimal for all environments. You see snow, I see a thousand hiding places. Quote from designer Braytech R&D, a.k.a. Future Hunter. Um, mm-hmm. So the the text in this one is, it's a local legend that ghostly apparitions dwell in the mountains of the Hellas region. Based on multiple accounts, they're pale white and blend, it, blend with the snow. All you can see is a floating set of eyes and a mouth, smiling all creepy-like. Ever since Clovis Bray set up shop, the sightings have dropped sharply, but every now and then someone claims to see one of these phantom figures. Do we have any idea what that's referring so, to? I actually, I was just listening to, um, I think it was uh, the Lore podcast by Aaron Mankey, and he actually made a comment that really actually, just this makes me think of it. He was talking about no matter what humans do, um, like no matter what time period you look at, there's always superstitions. Like there's always mm-hmm. there's always a, um, a mythological monster or or a a hero or you know there's there's bigfoot you know there's always something out there in the unknown it's kind of like how humans psyche deals with the the unknown it's it's one of those things because we are we are 
at our core pack animals. And so when we have something that is outside of our experience, it's it translates into that fight or flight mechanism. And in a lot of times mm-hmm. in a social sense, that will translate into a, a superstition. So you have like urban legends and stuff like that. That's really what this sure. reminds me of is like it doesn't to me it now it could be it could be like, you know, a proto hive or something because we have the frozen thrall that are running around and all that. But I actually took it more as like this is just human humans bringing their their superstition to a new planet is how I kind of read that. It's it's the it's the Martian Yeti, basically. Interesting. Speaking of like possible things to come up against in the Martian area, the Warlock Bond actually has me super worried because well, you'll see. So the Warlock Bond has it's called the Researcher's Bond. Flavor text <laughs> says keeping our greatest mind safe and warm. And the interior text says We've decided to experiment with moving the main control unit from the bodysuit onto an attachable armlet. Since all of the other elements of the suit are allowed for equal bidirectional data transmission, modification to the architecture of accompanying elements should prove minimal. This will free our users to be more mobile and not be concerned about damaging the main unit while taking fire. Early testing notes a, a marked improvement in user satisfaction. Braytech internal memo. Who are they getting shot by? Martian polar bears. Got it. I mean, yeah. Something. Something's shooting at them. Or they're <laughs> shooting at each other. What, like, that's something I never caught in this. Like, who is firing on them? Blue's just laughing because of no. Martian polar bears. No, I, they're, <laughs> no, we're talking about Hive and how they have boots with the fur. Oh, jeez. The pineapple bottom jeans. <laughs> I swear if I see a hive some... with some apple bottom jeans, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Oops, I saw a baby hive with a hoodie. <laughs> the whole club was looking at her or Zer. <laughs> Look at Zer. <laughs> We're going to write a parody oh, song right now via down. show. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Penn's is head desking. Uh, All right. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, finish us out on the Braytech suit, won't you, right. Gray? Uh, this is for the Braytech Absolute Zero Mark. Easy to spot in a whiteout. On today's expedition, one of our junior researchers got lost for over an hour in a snowstorm. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Bright colors. Only. We're trying to stay alive out here, not play hide-and-seek in the snow. She definitely learned her lesson, though, and after a few cups of hot cocoa, her spirits seem to have returned. Project manager, Braytech R&D. Yeah, all of the gear, except for the Titan mark, is light gray or blue or white. What are they doing? (laughs) I will like say old- I don't know if it's I don't know if it's this way with the rest of the pieces, but as I was going through here, I'm I'm sitting here in game right now going through them. Whenever mm-hmm. you put a shader on any of the Titan pieces, the only thing that does not change is the silver and gold stripe in each of the armor. Okay. Every single piece of armor, if there is a silver and gold stripe or anything like that, it does not change whatsoever. The the mark is no exception. Interesting. <sighs> Braytech 
they had some weird stuff going on back then. I think that just proves it. But since we're kind of going a little bit long on things, I'm going to go ahead and do an ad break real quick. And then we'll talk about maybe not read through it, but talk about the concierge AI and what it has to say about everything on Mars. So we'll be right back. Hey, hi. do you enjoy being optimistic about bad movies? Or do you enjoy at least trying to figure out where someone worked really hard on a bad movie? Well, we've got the podcast for you. New to Robots Radio, we represent Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Each week, we look at two movies that did really badly critically, but we try to find the good in them. And we have segments such as What Could Have Saved It? and Would You Watch It Again? If you're there on a Saturday night, you want to watch a bad movie, but you're not sure if it's like good bad or bad bad, or if you should even bother, give us a listen. You can find us on Robots Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please come and say hi. We love you already. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. All right, Blue. I'm going to make you do this part. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I'm trying to remember which episode that was. Where we talked about the Fry Files. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to. Stephen Fry Files. Trying to look them up right now. I have a quick question. And yeah, go for it. Those of you who are more experienced in lore than I am would definitely know. So you were you were talking about who was shooting at the researchers. Mm-hmm. Wasn't one of the things about the Bray Corporation, didn't they have a lot of enemies? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, so that's fair. Is that's like, the only thing I could think of. Mm-hmm. I the can, thing I is, is we don't know too. if their enemies were like militarized at all we know that they were they had competitors that were trying to steal research but whether or not they actually had altercations like that i don't know i mean can you think of anything i mean it wouldn't ah found it it wouldn't uh surprise me because we do know i mean so they were at odds with the new pacific arcology however that Mm -hmm. all being said the new pacific arcology was a group of pacifists so obviously I'm going to go out on a limb and assume they probably weren't shooting at them <laughs> just because pacifists don't like doing that. Um, but I mean, maybe it was the people on the moon. <laughs> oh, moon people. Oh my gosh. Um, but I mean, I mean, that being said, you know, it is a mention that, you know, the golden age, maybe not have been so golden with, you know, inner, I mean, cause you have, I mean, you have other science fiction, uh, titles with similar tropes you know you have what is it borderlands with the corporation or there you have Mm -hmm. blade runner has its own you know subterfuges going on um alien and predators universe which has been directly referenced in like bungie's talking about that out of game they've referenced the similarities between clovis bray and wayland yutani um that entire reason for half the shenanigans that go on in that universe is because wayland's trying to keep ahead of its competitors and they're not shy in attacking each other um you know so there there's there's definitely i think grounds now we don't know too many of the I don't think we know any corporations other than Clovis Bray really that were around in the golden age definitively. We do have all the weapon foundries, um, which I know there's a few that you could probably get away with arguing might have been back in the golden age, but there's no definitive proof one way or the other. There was a group that worked together to create the ship for that ended up in the Maracena that was not Clovis Bray. Right. Because they were not they were part of the Exodus project, but they were the Amrita Charter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I always took the Amrita Charter as separatist civilians. 
Right, but like the the ship itself was, I, oh. I don't think it was the same as the Clovis oh, Bray gosh, ship. Man. It had a lot of the same tech. But you know what that makes me think of know. is the Expanse with the Belters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how the Belters built the uh, the ship for the Mormons. Oh God! And then stole it. All right. Anyways, but yeah, no, um, that one. That I mean, I I would be very surprised if there wasn't, you know corporate espionage corporate warfare going on and as you introduce more planets that's just you know if no one's left to report about it then did it happen you know that type of scenario um there, i do have that... one one more quick thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i ran through it really fast just to see because i was curious the titan set uh the titan Braytex suit is the only set that has the silver and gold markings on it the hunter mm-hmm. doesn't have it, and the warlock doesn't have it. I just wanted to Correct. confirm that. Yes, that's because the Titans wanted yeah. everyone to wear fluorescent colors, and the warlocks were worried about avalanches, and the hunters just were playing hide and seek. Yep, that's what it seems like. At least the hunters were probably the scouts. The warlocks were the ones doing the actual research out on the in the field, and the Titans were tightening. Blue, do we want to get into the concierge AI since there's actually some really cool lore that will probably become important as we get closer to Rasputin being reborn later? Uh, yes. Possibly? Uh, yes. Sorry, chat was talking about the Yangla way. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so within what we have started kind of calling the Fry Files, which is basically the concierge AI. There's basically, um, within Warmind, this was a early version, or well, a new version of ghost scans for the Mars environment. Um, And you had 28? Did you have 28 Mm -hmm. concierge? Or was that, because I know there was other... was scannables hmm. total. Okay. The concierge ones are the ones that were the primary ones... In yeah, I think on there Mars. There's a few that are not, but most seven. of them were concierge files. Seven yeah. of them were concierge files. Um, so yeah, and, and basically what this this AI was, was exactly that. A concierge AI from back in the heyday of Clovis Bray. Uh, the kind of the sense that we got when you, when you listen to it is basically it's um, for a tour. <laughs> it's the best way I can explain it. It's like... At Clovis Bray, we do that, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, whenever you're walking through like an aquarium or a museum and you're like, it's Jurassic Park-esque voice, or make the world, you know, better place, blah, blah, blah. Um, so the first one that really kind of introduces you to this is the ghost scan from the Braytech Futurescape. And let me pull this up real quick for, for our live chat pe- people. Um and and really again it's it's just kind of talking about how Clovis Bray is the leading innovator and you know it's you know we're proud to serve you proud of those of you within our ranks um one of the best parts about this particular scannable is the whole actual interaction with it because you have to go up to a a um terminal terminal and at every end of like a really short little sentence or two the the AI says would you like to know more and you basically are prompted to like continue playing like it just it made it it made it more immersive because you actually got to tell it yeah i want to hear more about this um and so and and then it's kind of like you know you are clovis bray whether you're one of our distinguished top scientists blah 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 we welcome you to the family um 
And yeah, and so it's that's that's the whole pep talk for this particular one. Uh, the Alton Dynamos. Oh my gosh, this one. Alton Dynamos. This one's about Rasputin. Mm-hmm. The uh, big one on this one is Machines and Morality. So let me pull this one up for everyone to get a glance at. Uh, it's you know basically kind of putting a end user polished version of what Clovis Bray is trying to do. Um, and when I say that, I mean really redacted, not actually having a super amount of content from like an actual like explanation of what they're doing, but more of like. It says, within five decades, we hope to relinquish full autonomy of our defense network to Rasputin. But can we trust an artificial intelligence to make the moral decision? Um, hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. and then it, and it goes on to kind of say it, it presents the idea of Asimov's law of robotics, um, you know, and the concept of a black box decision making system um, or black box morality system. Uh, and so basically what the black box morality system is, is that it is a way for Rasputin to determine morality on its own terms. And by the design, they, the design, by the design, the programmers are blind to that process in order to, pre- to preserve objectivity in that determination of morality. So basically in order for us to not influence the decision, we don't, we can't know about what goes into the decision. And so it's a really kind of like a really interesting kind of concept. He also brings up a really interesting version of the trolley problem. Um, in the second kind of entry here, it says a self-driving car on a collision course that kills five people has but one very, very viable alternative, a new path where one innocent bystander is killed. Um, and so that that is the trolley problem. And so that kind of is just so many different tangents that are possible with that one. Um, then we get the limits of computer science. Uh, this is another really good one. Pull this one up. Can I just make a connection between the one you just talked about and the one that you're getting ready to talk about? Yes, please. Because of the lore that we got at the beginning of this season with Rasputin being reduced into the engram, (laughs) I find it really fascinating that these two scannables are within the same department essentially they're in the same location they're in alton dynamo now they're not in the same room per per chance but they're within the same division of research within clovis bray Mm -hmm. just a side note on that one yeah and um this is also a tie back to dr willibray's um work with so mars has some interesting history actually with regards to ingrams and the the development of the technology of ingrams back in destiny one we had a variation of the gosh i just blanked a rust iron um that was commented on that the crystalline structure of rust iron actually led dr willabray into a understanding of solid matter that would allow her to basically do what was needed to create an engram um and that all happened on mars uh so when you talk about and that's kind of what talking about here is you know clovis bray it says clovis bray is pushing the limits of computer science and engineering to secure humanity's future um and then it dives into the specifics on the war mine project um 
And so it kind of is talking about like how you are, how they're using quantum and ingrammatic computing to create a neural network of unprecedented processing power. Um, and so that ingrammatic computing is basically a redesign of how they store information based on the crystalline structures that they found within the rust iron on Mars. And that's kind of part of that ability then to create a way of designing a neural network for an artificial uh, intelligence to actually achieve something which is more akin to like from Halo, you have your smart AIs and your dumb AIs, you know, colloquial term there because even dumb AIs are geniuses, but like a smart AI is a carbon copy of a human brain. So here you have kind of a, a different path that gets to roughly the same destination. Um, so, and, and they, and he goes on to say at the end of this particular entry that the end goal for this machine is it for, is for it to see things in a way that humans cannot and thus predict and eliminate threats before we know of them. That's a really slippery slope and I'm not going to go down it because I could probably talk quite a bit about that one. Um, go for it. Can I actually say that we end this episode at the Elton Dynamo before we go through the rest of them because yeah, I think definitely. the rest of them are going to spur some more yeah. discussion. And so can, let's go ahead and run through shout-outs and kind of closing closing things for the intro episode before we get out of here. Um, so far, as far as a planet to go, just kind of a closing argument for me, this planet, Mars, does have a lot of lore and it's specifically tied to, obviously, Rasputin. Exos we're going to get into a little bit more in the advanced session as well as the missions as we get there. But there's a lot of like tiny tidbits all around when it comes to how Clovis Bray functioned as a corporation from the eyes of the actual members and workers of Clovis Bray, which is really neat. And so if you haven't gone through and looked at this lore and don't necessarily know what Clovis Bray is besides the the big corporation that's talked about all the time in game, you really ought to look at them a little bit more closely. Blue or gray, do you have any final thoughts on this before we close it out? I mean, I have tons of thoughts on this, but... Um, right. I would say, like, Clovis Bray is obviously the big gate, or the big gatekeeper that is going to show us, I think, a lot of what was going on in the Golden Age. And so, understandably, while the details are pretty sparse, they're still actually quite a bit buried within the details that we do have access to. Um, the biggest challenge for me personally when I read about Clovis Bray is a lot of there is a lot of crossing of the streams as far as intelligence and design of technology when it comes to other races. Um, and so, trying to figure out is this just coincidence or did you know humans have contact back in the golden age with these these races and reverse engineer stuff we know that there has been some contact prior to the guardians uh rise but you know kind of seeing where that could lead what possible consequences of that connection could be is actually where a lot of the the fun theory crafting for the current situation of the technology that we see in destiny today um, comes mm-hmm. from because Clovis Bray was quite often not just towing the cutting line, but actually pushing the line and actually stepping over the line. Um, and some of the ways that they could have possibly achieved those advances are not through 
pro- conventional means? Uh, not through progressions on a logic. Like they, they're not through, hey, let's ex- let's like try to figure this out. It's more of, hey, that guy has a shiny toy. Let's steal it and reverse engineer it and recreate it. Um, very Battlefield Earth-esque instead of, you know, developing it from the ground up. You start, you already have the engine and you kind of rebuild it from there without fully grasping the complete knowledge of what it requires. Yes. Gray, do you have any final thoughts or questions for the intro episode before we do the, the closeout thing? Um, I don't think so. As far as Clovis Bray is concerned, I mean, we we should, in theory, we should be learning a whole lot more about them and what goes on with them in Beyond Light. Because if we're mm-hmm. going to visit the Deepstone Crypt, that's going to be a lot happening there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just excited for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think starting the advanced episode with discussions on the EXO, what we know about EXOs and the development of EXOs is going to be a good place to start. So, shout outs. I'm going to have you go first, Gray. Do you have any shout outs for us to, or for anybody else out there for you? Oh, my. There's actually so many. I do want to give a shout out to uh, my lovely girlfriend, who is also a uh, Destiny Sherpa. She is far more skilled than I am. Um, if you want to find her, just look for her on Twitter at Mal Nightingale. Um, and if you need any help with raids or anything like that contact her contact me anybody who who we're usually interacting with or friends with we will definitely help you um not any that i can think of and your contacts are at sentinel gray gray having an a instead of an e at pretty much everywhere correct yes that is correct awesome uh my shout outs go to the behind the scenes workers of Termino because I get to do the fun stuff. I get to record the lines and be a character on screen essentially, but the people who are doing the modeling work, the capturing, the audio tech stuff, we have a composer like Owen's uh, Owen Spence in particular, uh, the guy who Atlas music, who did the music of the spheres back in the day before Bungie put it out, he's composing music for it. So there's a ton of behind the scenes worker and works and workers going on to help put this together. So my shout out this week actually goes to those guys because they are the bulk of the work and obviously towards Isical as well. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Blue. I just wrote, you know, echoing, echoing what, both of you have said but also just again a reminder to let us know um what we can do over on the lore network if there's something in particular or someone in particular that you would like to see us include in those weekly lore roundups please let us know um and also just you know again if you haven't already we would really appreciate a review over on itunes and also be sure to give green a review as well for the destiny lore audio file um but yeah, and then I guess as as always, thank you for your time. And until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. 
please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.